Hello and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. My name is Robin, I'm from Brighton, England, and I live in Richmond, California. Yes, I'm Jose, I'm from Simi Valley, California, and I'm living in Tokyo, Japan. So this is episode eight. Today we're talking about going home. This is part two of our uh, two-part series on going home. And today we're joined by a special guest, Ken. Ken, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Ken. Uh, I'm from London, England. Um, I'm living just outside Tokyo in Kanagawa now in Japan. And I've been here about three and a half years. Okay, so welcome. Um, so Ken, uh, so you grew up in London. What, what were you doing before you uh, decided to move to Japan? Uh, so I, after I graduated university, uh, I actually trained to be an accountant. So okay. I, I worked in London in, in like finance for about eight years before coming out here. Okay, so a little bit of a change of direction then. What, uh, what prompted that? Um, well, I mean, apart, I mean, I studied Japanese at university and apart from the year abroad during that course, um, I've lived, I had lived in London all my life. Uh, just figured I got to a point where, you know, I was, I was looking at Excel spreadsheets every day <laughs> and I thought, you know, there must be more to life than this. So, uh, yeah, no, and obviously cause, like from the Japanese background, I thought I'd, uh, make use of the working holiday scheme that we have in the UK and uh, yeah come out to Japan no yeah, I definitely hate. by the way no other options only Japan no we actually have um, other options we can go to like Canada uh, Australia and I think a couple of others but obviously with, with my interest in Japan I thought you know push out, push the horizons a little bit, you know, try to get new perspectives and, um, you know, go for, go for a bit of an adventure, um, see a different part of the world. And, you know, like I said, Japan's always interested me. So it just seemed like the natural choice. Mm. Well, I'm kind of interested to see how, uh, you know, I'm just kind of interested to see, uh, what your experience was like. And now you're coming to it at the end of your time in Japan, like what's, what you've enjoyed and what's kind of pushed you to go back home. Um, so Jose, yeah. do you want to, do you want to ask him a few questions? Obviously you're better acquainted with Japan than I am. Um, yeah, sure. So Ken, I was just really wondering, you've been here for quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. so why did you stay? for so long because you did stay for a long time right yeah um so i originally came as i said on a working holiday visa which is uh one year um i mean after one year it, it became quite apparent to me that you know one year is not enough so i decided to stay another year um and then I think I think after two years, I was feeling like I started want I wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year, I then got into a relationship. <laughs> I figured that mm. I, I should probably stay for that. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, it, it didn't turn out, and I mean, it didn't work out. So I think after after three years, it started to feel like okay, now is maybe the time to go. <laughs> okay, so before before we get to the end and before we get into that relationship, as I'm sure Robin has many questions, 
what are what are some of the things you really enjoyed while you lived here in Japan though? Um, I think it's quite easy to live here. Like everything's quite convenient. There's a there's a surface for pretty much everything. Um, you know, it's it's quite like Tokyo, especially, is quite a buzzing city. So there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like izakaya culture, I think is one of the things I'm gonna miss quite a lot when I go back. Um, izakayas, by the way, are like Japanese style e three and pubs. Mm, okay. Um, where you just go and you have quite a lot of drink and. Uh, see where it takes you um yeah and i think also like japan's also really accessible like to travel outside tokyo and to other parts um it's really easy like mm-hmm. the trains work actually um so that yeah i mean those are a few things that i enjoyed um obviously there's a lot of like subcultures as well so it's, it's um you do you do come across a lot of different people and uh, it's just great to like um meet people from different backgrounds and get their perspectives on things. Mm. Jose, Jose's told me a couple of times that he doesn't think I would uh, survive <laughs> moving to Japan. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what are some of the, like, the big obstacles or challenges you found or you know, things that have really frustrated you? Um, I think the big one would probably be obviously communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys spoke about not like trying not to stick to expat communities mm-hmm. um, where, where you are now. But, um, you know, obviously in Japan, if you don't speak the language, um, chances are you are going to be sticking amongst the expat communities. So um, communication is a big one. Um, and you, you, know, you speak you, Japanese. You speak more than enough Japanese to get by. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I do feel like, you know, I can have maybe like superficial conversations, mm-hmm. but when it comes to something like really trying to express what I'm thinking and, you know, trying to delve a little bit deeper, it's, it's, it's quite difficult, um, you know, especially with like the culture difference as well. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that's more of a language thing, though, or is it more of a cultural thing? Because my, my feeling is like one of the things that people struggle with going to East Asia uh, is, yes, obviously the language can be difficult, especially if you don't speak at all, but sometimes mm-hmm. like breaking into social circles can be more of a cultural difficulty rather than the language difficulty. Is that, yeah. that's just my impression. I think it's a bit of both. Um, you know, I know Jose mentioned last time that um, Japanese people have like, they have, they have different social circles. So they'll have like the uni friends, the high school friends and the work friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you're not part of one of those groups, then it's really hard to, you know, try to get to know people, like gain traction. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing I found, um, and obviously this is just my experience, um, they don't like people don't really mix social circles here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back home, if you're going for a drink with workmates, um, you might say to one of your uni buddies, like, hey, I'm going for a drink. Do you want to come along? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that doesn't it, seem you know, to happen as much. It's socially stressful to meet new people, isn't it, though? Because even for, for us, I think, like, we get roped into these situations where we need to meet, you know, these people we don't know. And mm. 
you know, we go along with it because it's Western culture and it's fine. We're going to mix friends, you know, the more the merrier. But in the end, don't you feel internally kind of like, oh, man, I got to meet new people and like a bit stressed about it? Either of you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your experience in the U.S. has been, Robin. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a certain, certain expectation that you will mix social circles sometimes and people do are open to those kind of invitations but yeah it's always a little bit of a guessing game as to like oh are these people going to get on is it just going to be awkward and sometimes it kind of works and sometimes it's just obvious that people are not getting on yeah well i mean the way i kind of see it is um you know you you can't there's some things you just can't control right and um Mm -hmm. you know you just had to go with it sometimes but i think uh, I think in Japan, there's a lot of um, there's, uh, a lot of pressure. I guess um, you know, if if two people don't get along, then it's on the mutual person in the middle. Oh, um, that's yeah. how it is. Okay. Yeah. I- yeah. So um, hmm. yeah. So I think people will start to no, not blame them, but like start to say like, why did you do this? Um, so I think just to avoid that kind of awkwardness. They just don't do it, maybe. The Japanese are smart. They're just mitigating risk. <laughs> They're keeping the risk. <laughs> I, like, I don't, I, I could definitely understand that point, you know? But, you know, sometimes you got to take, take risks, though. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it seems like, Ken, you were, you were thinking about, you know, maybe ending your time into Japan, in Japan, but then you started a romantic relationship and that kind of <laughs> made you think again. Sounds like the same thing was happening with Jose, right? <laughs> native. Uh, Ken went native. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if anything's going to keep you in a, in a country, it's, go- it's either going to be a relationship or it's going to be the job, right? Yeah. Um, that's true. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the reason I stayed a little bit longer, and I tried to, um, I did try to find a new job to make you know my a more complete life here, but um, you know that didn't mm-hmm. quite work out. Um, and yeah, I mean like earlier this year, it just happened to be like this, this perfect storm of um, like my, my tenancy and my flat ended. Um, mm-hmm. It was the end of the school year, so I thought, okay, this might be a tight, good time to like leave. Um, and then also the uh, the relationship ended, so I thought everything everything was coming together, and like, mm. I felt like someone was telling me like to go home. You mentioned, well, yeah, I mean, some oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I was wondering because he he mentioned some cultural gaps before, or you know, difficulties, you know, that we all have. I'm wondering yeah. though, like when he was in this relationship. Like, did it really magnify some of those for you, or did you did you see some things that you didn't expect to see before once you were in a relationship like that culturally? Um, I I think dating and relationships is mm-hmm. you know, is, is quite different to the West. I have to say. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, not not always. Some people have great um, experiences. Um, a lot of people do stay because they have, they find their partners, right? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just um, 
like we in Japan or in Japanese, they have this thing called like reading the air. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Um, and you and you're just expected to know what the other person's thinking. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, yeah, like a few times, like uh, um, my ex got a bit upset because she was like, "Oh, you don't, you don't understand what I'm feeling." And I'm like, "Well, of course I don't. You don't. You haven't told me." Mm. Like, you should know. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Did you not get any allowances for not being Japanese? Um, I, maybe. Mm. But then, I mean, uh, her her kind of way of thinking was also like, "Oh, if it's not." worth saying if there's nothing good to come of it then don't say it at all uh, and yeah that, that just kind of uh she, she didn't like your complaining yeah. your your british complaining no i mean obviously there are good good things um uh, good things as well um but you know if you're if you're, if you're going to talk about cultural differences and difficulties then it's probably going to be a little bit more negative isn't it yeah good so I, I have, so, sorry, yeah, Rob. I just yeah, have, a last, I have a last question, Ken. Um, you know, your view of Japan when you arrived until now, like, how did it evolve? How did it change? If it if it changed at all, maybe it didn't. Um, I think I think when you visit here on holiday and when you first come here, everything is all like quite. You know, you, you go through a bit of a honeymoon period and it's like, oh, everything's great. Like, Japan's so efficient, everything works. Um, but then when you actually have to live here and go through, like, you know, life admin um, and, and the day-to-day troubles, mm-hmm. um, you do realise how, uh, I guess, I'm well, not, techno- tech- not technologically backwards, but... Mm. It's not as advanced as people think it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and also just how um, just how reluctant to change Japan is. Yeah, you go to some of those government offices and like they have computers there from like the late 80s or 90s just because you know, <laughs> they, they, they never broke down. They take care of them so good. You know, they, they take care of everything so well and, you know, keep it working and working condition that it'll just last forever. So crazy. For sure. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it, it's reluctant to change. But, you know, I mean, Japan has some really good things going for it, so I can understand they don't want to change. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to westernize too much, I guess. So, I think you already mentioned the kind of perfect storm that came together to, you know, convince mm. you that it was time to leave. So, how do you how do you feel about going back to England now? Is that is that exciting, or are you anxious about that? Um, I mean, of course, because I've been here for the past. Three and a half years. There's a, there's a bit of sadness um, there. Um, you know, just you, you do start going through a lot of memories as you start sorting through the stuff to go home. Um, but I think, you know, I think you always need to be moving forward. And if you, if you don't see yourself growing in in a situational environment, then you kind of need to do something about it, right? Um, 
So uh, I think so. I think going back to England is going to be fine. Um, anxiety, well, maybe, maybe in this uh, current climate of Brexit and all and all this stuff, um, you know, maybe people's attitudes back home have changed a bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's it's nothing that I probably haven't um, experienced before. Yeah, I think, you know, I was seriously thinking about moving to back to the UK in 2015, mm-hmm. 2016. And then when yeah. the Brexit vote happened, I was just I was like, wait a minute, is this, <laughs> is, this the, is this the same country that I remember living in before? Uh, I suppose maybe, you know, my views are skewed somewhat, be, you know, living first in Brighton for most of my life and then living in mm-hmm. London, you know, those are more pluralistic multicultural open-minded kind of places um and obviously that is not you know the experiences i have there perhaps not representative of how how people in britain feel as a whole um so i think that you know that really put me off but then you know a little bit later this a little bit later the same year donald trump won the presidential election here so that uh wait i saw I thought we were all pro Trump and I thought we were all pro Brexit. What what what's going on here? Um, yeah, I mean obviously there's there's like a spectrum, isn't there? But it just seems like everything has gone really to the extremes. Yeah. Um and yeah, like you said, like London and Brighton, they're not they're not so extreme, they're a bit more centralist, I suppose. Um so yeah, if if you're going to be approached and faced with um, sort of uh, you know like antagonizing feelings, then uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 difficult, I suppose. Yeah. So, do you see do you see your future in England then, or is this kind of open the door for further roaming around the globe? Yeah. Well, I mean, before I was actually thinking about maybe moving to Australia. Oh, really? Or, okay. Yeah, but you know, obviously, with everything going on now, um, it's it's a little bit more difficult. And I think I'm in my mid thirties now, and it's mm. it's quite difficult to find the energy to start a new life somewhere all over again. You know, without much of a support network. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to be that like. 50, 60 year old guy in, in Thailand or the Philippines, right? We're, we're working a bar or owning a bar. Well, exactly. And it's just like, where do you meet people? You go to the bar, then you'd like the, the old guy in the bar all the time. Uh, yeah, or you get uh, married, right? And you have a family. And yeah. Um, so I think never say never. Um, you never know where life's going to take you. But I think, yeah, for now, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably stay put in London for a while. Mm. Would you be able to go going home yet? One more time. Okay. You guys don't have any real thoughts of going home. Uh, I think we we both talked about it last time, and um, oh, yeah. I, I told Robin that you know my girlfriend's holding me here, and uh, you know I I generally enjoy living here. Uh, and, um, you know, and I don't like the current climate in the, in the U S um, it's a bit, 
too too extreme for me. So yeah. I probably wouldn't want to uh, go back at this point at all. Because, you know, I like, I like to express my mind, right? But in the U.S., it's very PC these days and, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm worried about oh, okay. free speech quite a bit. And uh, what about Robin? What about you? I'm I'm pretty comfortable where I am. You know, I've got my got my career here. You know, I've got my friends here, my relationship here. But I mean, the the thing that stops me thinking about having a long term future in the US is I don't think this is really a very healthy place to raise children. So, if I were to have a family, I think I'd probably think about going back to the UK. Oh, that's interesting. Why is it not healthy? What? <laughs> Where did this come from? What, what do you mean? <laughs> well, that's a different. That's a different conversation, right? But I mean, essentially, you know, the big problem I have with living here. Uh, I mean, I've talked to you about this before. In American society, is more about like the um, attitude towards mm-hmm. what's important, what's important in life, and as an adult, I can opt out of that and I can resist that fairly easily because I can see the bigger picture, but I see that, you know, kids that grow up here, they're yeah. incapable, they're incapable of seeing outside that culture because they just don't have the experience. And so I think it's just mainly just the extreme materialism that puts me off here. Mm, see, you probably shouldn't come to Japan then. Why? I don't think Robin can make it in Japan. He's, I don't know. Right? Oh, come on. <laughs> I think it's too rigid, rigid for him. He'll be like, oh, fuck's sake. Why do I need to, <laughs> why do I need to put this robe on this way? Just put it on any old way or something like that. No? You can, you can handle it, Robin? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for Megumi to invite me to Japan so I can, uh, so I can see if I uh, can pass the test, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that'll be all good. Right, well, all right, well, on that note, I guess uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you, uh, Ken, so much for joining us today and sharing your experience with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Ken. Um, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it, was, it was nice to be able to share this experience and to... Uh, to have a chat with you guys as well. Um, yeah, it was good, good fun. Well, yeah, good luck on your uh, move back to England. I know that's kind of stressful when you're going through stuff and getting rid of things, saying goodbye to people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a emotional, emotional few weeks. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, tune in next time for more exciting stories from Jose and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, bye-bye.